Hey everyone, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Flurry Video Podcast, where we cover one topic in a very short video on blockchain and its deployment in the enterprise. I'm here with co-founder Brian Platts of Flurry. We're filming in the Flurry HQ, and today we're going to be talking about immutability, one of the definitive features of blockchain. So Brian, can you tell us what is immutability and why does it matter to the enterprise? Well, sure, yeah. Um, so immutability really just means that you can't change information once you set it. And uh, blockchain, of course, relies heavily on immutability. But we see immutability in uh, um, programming languages. In fact, I favor programming languages that, that stress immutability. Um, therefore, it's probably no surprise. We're focused on building a database that stresses immutability. And uh, definitely blockchain has immutability as a core characteristic to it. Um, but yeah, it just means that data can't be altered. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can trust the data that's there. It just means that once it's set, you can't change it. So blockchain adds a lot of other characteristics to immutability that look to enforce that trust aspect of it as well, uh, that pairs it with the fact that it can't be changed, or sometimes we say tamper resistance or you know some term like that. Um, so that's, uh, it, you know, in the simplest form, form, that's what immutability is. Okay, and for the enterprise today, why does that data integrity, why does that immutability matter? Well, I, you know, this is a topic that I feel like doesn't have enough light shown on it. Mm -hmm. So we use data all the time in the enterprise. And we perhaps have a false sense of security that that data has integrity. And it, it doesn't, like it doesn't in any way. And we don't even think about sometimes the money we're spending to try to bring integrity to the data that doesn't have integrity. We've just sort of, we've never had the ability to have data with great integrity. So we're so used to not having that that we have all these controls around it to, to help that. Um, part of it is, is just trying to isolate the sources that are storing our data. Mm -hmm. Now, you might want to do that for privacy reasons anyway, but when you think about the innovation of blockchain and Bitcoin and the, the fantastic piece of engineering that Bitcoin is, it is a database for all intents and purposes, right? It's, it's transacting money, but just like a bank, if you're transacting money, I mean, they're storing those transactions in a database, mm -hmm. right? Records. It's a database that, unlike most databases we've ever run, we hide them behind firewalls and networks and all these sort of security aspects. But Bitcoin isn't hidden behind anything. And if you could find out how to manipulate the data in Bitcoin, you could become a billionaire sure. overnight. I mean, based on the current value and assuming that you know the currency didn't tank right. uh, because someone detected that you had compromised it you could become a billionaire. So there's immense incentive. Yet now, it's been about 10 years, it's been running, and it has never, ever been compromised. Um, sure, some things around it have been compromised, but Bitcoin itself has never been compromised. And when you think about information security and trusting data, I don't think we've ever had an example like this before. And so, 
when you look at how vulnerable our information is inside of our own businesses, you don't know if you got hacked and didn't know it and someone changed the database records. You know, databases today, they make it on purpose immensely easy for you to overwrite existing information and essentially lose it. Mm -hmm. it. It may exist in a log file or a backup for a short amount of time, but that data is lost, right? And that's just how they work. Um, it's designed to make that super easy for, you know, for reasons that it is, except it probably shouldn't be. So we don't know if and by whom it's ever been manipulated. It might be someone inside the own, your own organization that has access to the database. Database permissions largely are not held in the database at all. Their, their full permission is given to everything that can basically talk to it, which means all the security around those data records is delegated out a whole level to like your application tier. And who knows the data integrity those have? And maybe they have great data integrity now, but a month ago, before you know the most recent release, maybe it didn't. Maybe there was a bug in there. And you don't even know that at this point. So to think that the information that we're storing within our businesses has integrity is sort of a joke. And, you know, we spend a, a, over $200 billion a year on auditing to largely try to bring trust to data that isn't trusted, because certainly our shareholders don't trust our financials, right? We need a third party to validate it. And I think it's um, when you start sort of shedding the light on this, and then you start to come to the conclusion that we actually could have data that we could trust without trusting even the entities that are storing the data. Even the SaaS vendors. Even SaaS vendors. You could even think, and this is possible today, we made this possible, at least with FlurryDB, I'm sure other solutions will do it, that if a SaaS vendor is using FlurryDB, an end user can actually submit a transaction, whether it's a financial record update or something, and that transaction gets signed, cryptographically signed, before it goes over the internet and gets stored by the SaaS vendor. So the SaaS vendor can still act as an intermediary for that transaction, verify it's okay, it's valid, whatever they want to do. But they can't alter the signature of the core data itself. They could wrap that with additional information they also want to add to that transaction. But by storing that, in this case I'm talking about FlurryDB um, because I'm not aware of others that do this. But in this case, that data then stored in the database can actually be retrieved by the original entity and proven that the SaaS vendor didn't actually alter that data, that that data actually came from this person inside their organization and there's no way it's been tampered with. So when we think about the integrity of our financial records or just our sales information or our employee data right. or anything, like why wouldn't you want integrity and to be able to trust the information you have? And as soon as you start doing that, you can even start opening up the idea that I can start working with third parties that maybe I wouldn't have and actually sharing data with them and transacting, like both parties transacting, even though I don't maybe 100% trust who they are or trust that they have the integrity or they have the right HR policies in their own organization that someone in their IT department maybe we didn't manipulate something. All those barriers start to go away, and I think entirely new possibilities open up. It substantially can change how we think about and what actually needs auditing. 
Um, and uh, I think it's a real game changer, and I think it's the big game changer that we'll end up seeing. All right, well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Flurry Video Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you learned a little bit more about immutability and what it does for the enterprise. Please ask your questions, leave your comments down below, and until next time. Thanks.